Hello, Tess. Hello, Welcome Tess. to my house. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love it. Why on earth do you do Tess Talks? <laughs> Bang, straight into it. <laughs> love it. No messing around, eh? Well, Tess Talks. Okay, so you're here with Tess Talks today. Um, well, Tess Talks is a series of events which kind of started um, actually as a blog, a written blog years ago, where I would just write about different topics which I thought were really like beneficial to the self or to the collective or just you know, even controversial or whatever, just things that I thought were really like of interest. And mm. then um, I kind of had the opportunity to host or organise an event and I kind of wanted to give it a theme and I thought, well, why don't I kind of like bring these topics to light? Because I really think it's important to try and like, you know, generate conversation of things which aren't commonly spoken about Mm. um i think you know that's the only way we're going to better ourselves as a society Mm. so yeah i kind of delved into running these events where every event was just you know based around a different topic so we've done you know like a wellness one we've even done like a business social social enterprise one um but there are just so many avenues you know that i i want to go and i think you can probably relate you know with what you do with your podcast it's like it's like a similar thing it's just getting these conversations out there and get people thinking and questioning you know about the world we live in and instead of just kind of accepting everything as it is mm. i love the fact that you do it as an event or like a dinner experience and have p- people a couple of different people right yeah talking about different things or they probably complement each other Mm. and then there can be discussion around it's like watching a podcast live and then having an interactive exactly yeah and like at this stage I mean they've been relatively small and I'm always going to keep them intimate but they haven't yet been opened up to the public and I think that's something that I'll do really soon and it has been really interesting to see um, the interest that the public have had regardless people contacting me like how do I come how do I get a part of this and, and, you know, during the events, like the most, you know, heartwarming moments for me is when you do see like the audience engaging, we do open it up to general discussion mm. and so many different things come up and, you mm. know, everyone's got their own experience and their own uh, story or their own issues with the world. And it's, and it's amazing. And I think a lot of people don't actually get the opportunity to speak like that. Um, I don't think... And, and, you know, not a lot of people always think like that. So, you know, maybe some people don't have that within their own friendship network. So it's kind of like allowing a space for anyone to come and be able to explore those things, mm, you know. It's wonderful. Mm. Like it, it's – what was the most recent one about? The most recent one was actually a woman's one and it was kind of about connecting how you can still be a strong, um, you know – in your own way, fierce, business-minded woman, um, but also bring in an essence of, um, you know, wellness, spirituality, um, mindfulness through your practice. Mm. I think, you know, business can be seen as a very um, sometimes like masculine energy. It's very like go, 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 goal setting, competition, rah, rah, rah. Um, And it was kind of like how do you bring in that feminine energy to that and still have you know that balance or that yin and yang mm. between what you're doing mm. um so yeah we had three beautiful speakers and we started it with a meditation um really grounding everyone and then yeah sharing stories on yeah how you can step into that world and you can you know walk into a space and and hold yourself and be firm and and you know say no when no is required 
Um, but you can do it from a real heart-centered space mm-hmm. um, and how that conveys a different kind of energy through the work you're doing and, mm. and I think puts in, you know, a really good it, – it creates a really good kind of, you know, vibe or atmosphere around the growth of, of your business. Totally. Yeah. And, and it's – I would say it's really – needed in the in the society in general at the moment like that feminine energy of um like women stepping into their own Mm. unique power that men can't actually embody Mm. and how much that's needed in terms of just like nurturing people nurturing and looking after like that kind of powerful feminine i mean obviously Mm. it encapsulates a lot of things the feminine spirit but it's Mm. that aspect i feel like it's really like not enough yeah i agree in the world right now and i think that's it it comes down to you know a lot of our um big corporate industries are still very heavily male dominated Mm. um and i think you know we're just seeing that play out time and time again um and what kind of problems that's kind of creating in our society Mm. um i mean personally i i have quite a big problem with how you know our society is run and I have a lot of trust issues, I guess, with, you know, the powers in play, um, you know, trusting our governments and trusting our pharmaceuticals. Um, I think there's just so much um, greed. Um, There's so, yeah, there's so much of that, yeah, it's just a nasty energy, you know, and that's, that's what's controlling our world right now. And we're just seeing it play out in in so many intense ways at the moment. And mm. the one good thing, I think, like, there's a shift coming. Mm. And I think you can see it with, you know, the movements of things, for example, say meditation, how that's becoming a lot more prevalent. Mm. Um, they're all small shifts of people becoming a little more, like, conscious and looking at the mm. practices around us. And you can see them growing. And I think a lot of spiritual practices um, and this kind of more mindful way of living, it, it's becoming more prevalent. And I think slowly that'll start feeding through, you know, the powers above. I agree. And it's almost, I, I wonder if it's going to be a next generation thing because it's kind of like that. You feel like I have the same mentality as you. Like, you feel like you're more on the cusp of, of the change and seeing the absurdity of the powers and the structures that are, are now and how unsustainable they are how Mm. cruel they are how um just inefficient as well like if we want to keep living on this planet which is the smart thing to do if we want to keep our species going yeah we're just we're not doing that and it's 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 just even by logical standards it's ridiculous what we're doing yeah and but the and and not let alone the way in which like these leaders are so untrustworthy in the way they talk and their rigidity and their lack of humility and lack of humanity. And, mm. and it's just like, as if like, it's, it's just become this beige wallpaper of like nonsense that yeah. I completely tune out of now. I don't even know who's running this country. I know. Same. <laughs> I'm like five bloody prime ministers in like a year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Is that what's happened? Uh, something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not even worth, it's not even worth looking onto. I don't watch the news anymore. Yeah. It's, it's it's embarrassing to see and to hear, um, but you're right. It's embarrassing. It's it is. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for them. Yeah, same. I'm watching them like they're it's... doing their best. Bless them, but oh, it's yes. just not very good. No, they're really not. I saw this on on TV the other night. There was a um, 
you know that Greta, I don't know her last name. Rose, oh, that kid? Rose, yeah, yeah, the 14-year-old or something. Speaking of the UN, yeah. Yes. Um, he's, you know, been taking time off school to um, to be an activist for change and, and support of global warming. Um, and, yeah, and then there was one of our politicians. You know, I mean, they played a clip of what she said and so intellectual and well-spoken and conscious of the future and our environment and what we're doing she's like you know I'm being forced to take time off school because I need to you know create a path for the future of our generation otherwise we're not going to have a planet to live on and then it cuts over to you know one of our politicians who's like oh it's just ridiculous these young kids will be getting dumber by the day when they're not at school and da 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 I'm like you just you just have no idea you have no idea what you're doing you have no idea the importance of it and that here are these, you know, 14-year-olds who are, you know, trying to push for this this change and, and make such a difference and you're, you know, up here in your corporate It's so unwise. Role. It's so unwise. It's like any great philosopher that I... Like, there's this book actually that talks specifically to it, um, the, the Courage to Be Disliked, and mm. it's the philosopher basically says that you're, the youth is further down the road than me. Like, yeah, they're the future, you know, they're... Mm. they're 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 greater than me mm. like and i in the sense that like they can take all our lessons and they they got a good chance of like manifesting them better than we mm. do like it's almost like this older generation particularly those archaic ones in leadership mm. are just like guys it's like, just yeah. roll over and die yeah totally <laughs> No, no. Done no, with you now. No, Thank you. No, no, no. <laughs> no we don't mean that. No, we don't mean that. <laughs> but the future is so much. Like, it's literally these children will inherit the earth. Yeah. And they're mental. Like, and, and they are wise and woke as fuck like that. Totally. It's insane. Like, I mm. watch them and I'm like, you're crazy. But, you know, it's so impressive. Like, 14 and, and your mind's thinking and operating like that. No, I wasn't at 14. <laughs> no, me neither. I was just, you know, learning what alcohol is. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Still get it wrong every weekend. <laughs> What's, uh, so what, what motivated you to explore? Because I love that because I have the same <clears throat> feeling about conversation, exploring mm. areas of life. And there's so many rich, subtle layers of reality that we don't often explore because we just like small talk and keep and talking about the footy or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's what is it about it that motivated you to want to host an event but also just do it in general as I imagine you do with your friends good question I think it probably stems back to um, my upbringing I think both my parents have um, very interesting holistic minds always been very in the spiritual space but exploring a lot of variations in that space not one particular religion um, so I, I actually grew up partly in an ashram for, oh, cool. yeah, for about seven years. Um, I would only be there once a week. Um, my mum would, yeah, practice there and go there and being immersed in that environment from such a young age was pretty amazing. I definitely didn't understand <coughs> it at the time, like what it kind of meant. Mm. And I also definitely being at school, found it quite probably a bit embarrassing to say I was going there because people wouldn't really understand it and there was chanting and meditation and, you know, people dressed in robes. and um, But every time I went, I felt very grounded and 
and happy and safe and that was the basis of where I started learning basic meditation you know when I was seven years old I just generally ended up falling asleep but as I got older I started (laughs) um yeah kind of appreciating it a little bit more but it probably wasn't until I was maybe in year 12 that I started actually realizing what kind of impact that had had on my upbringing Mm. and my mind I guess and it was then going through you know BCE when you start getting into really like high pressure environments that I kind of had these things to fall back on Mm. um, and a kind of way of checking in and certain methods of self-inquiry to really be able to you know see how I was feeling and check in with myself Um, so I think that was partly one part of my mind that was kind of like oh there's these whole other you know practices and worlds out there that we don't really look at within Mm. our you know everyday society unless you have someone that kind of brings it into your life but it's definitely not mainstream Mm. definitely wasn't then um and then yeah I guess my parents have always always questioned things um you know from little things like you know going to the doctors and being like oh does she actually need those antibiotics that they're telling her she needs to um yeah, I don't know, diets and I don't know, everything. And then, Mm. you know, spiritual teachings and practices and and kind of always having those kind of conversations around the dinner table. And I think it must have just been something that got ingrained in me. And as I started delving into more of that kind of stuff, as I got older, I just found myself, you know, getting angry when I would hear about, you know, distrust or lies that were happening, you know, on the news or, you know, between, you know, governments or whatever or being spoon-fed information and I just always had a problem with there not being the truth out there um and then I also just got a strong passion for wanting to kind of live my best life and how to function in the best way I could Mm. and you know make my mind happy and be able to process things and, and deal with situations and it probably was actually um, the moment when I had my first most intense breakup um, was a pretty big, in a way, spiritual awakening for me. Um, I would always react to my partner or my ex as we were breaking up and it was very messy and I think I was about 19 at the time. Mm. And it would trigger me and it would affect me and, and I remember leaving that relationship after two and a half years feeling completely just drained and I remember my mum saying to me it's like your your life is gone your life energy has just been zapped from you you've just put so much in you've given so much and you're just you know you're not there and then I, I was like I can't I can't function like this you know um and how, long I, did, how long did it take before you like I can't function like this like after the breakup was it it definitely started during the relationship and yeah. I couldn't leave it mm. I was madly in love for my mm. first love and mm. then it probably, to be honest, by the time I started try inputting actual change to my life, it was mm. probably at least maybe six months from after we'd broken up mm. and there was a mm. lot of, you mm. know, wish wash in between, between us. Um, and I remember after doing lots of reading and it was when I got into Eckhart Tolle and I was watching lots of videos and, you know, reading books on Zen and just everything I could. I was like, feed me this information. I want to know. 
And then I remember the next time I spoke to him on the phone and again, it was a fight and it was an attack and, and, you know, he was trying to hurt me. And it was the first time that I actually just watched my feelings and my thoughts go past and was like, I'm ready to like detach from that. And it was actually just such a profound moment, um, in my development and I remember feeling that and I almost felt happy at the end of the phone call even though he was there yelling at me and because you're witnessing your feelings for the first time like significant feelings should I say yeah and really seeing it it was almost a bit like an out-of-body experience I know that sounds crazy but it was it was like yeah, all this noise going on around me and my body just lifted my mind and it just, the two just kind of separated. And I just felt so much light. Like you, I think that was the moment I realized you really have the power to control how you react. Yes, feel, it's very important to feel, but how you take it on and how you react is, Mm. is all within yourself and your own capabilities. And that sequence is fascinating to me, though, because like it's mm. it, it's taking on the knowledge or reading or first the inquiry. Mm. So the step of like I don't want to feel this way and something's up, and then you, and then you inquire or read say Eckhart Tolle, and then mm. download some like insight into your mind and kind of go, oh, that does ring true. That a bit of an aha moment, yeah. And then you get given a. a, a practice to integrate it or like an opportunity to integrate that mm. but it kind of happens spontaneously doesn't it like it's totally. you, I imagine when he started triggering you you mm. wouldn't have gone all right this is what I do now it yeah no just, exactly not is, at all yeah. which is fascinating that sequence fascinates me and I think it's such a crucial one for people to like create sustainable change in mm. in, in self fucking up behaviors you know like your limitations (laughs) and shit yeah totally and that's and that's exactly it it's um it's that continual practice it's not necessarily like learning a language where you'll learn new words and then you can say it and you know you've improved and that's Mm. kind of it or whatever Mm. it's like this gradual like working on yourself and and this inner work that will appear when you need it when you won't realize action is there yeah 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 exactly um, and, and there's always a choice though, right? Like, it's, I suppose it's just like, I, th- I feel like you get delivered those kind of experiences. Like you did like that out of body experience. And it's not mm. too much to say that because I know what you mean when mm. you have that kind of transcendent of like, you sit, you drop back into the witness seat, like you do when mm. you meditate, you know, like yeah. and, and watch your experience of reality rather than be immersed in your experience exactly and I, I was kind of on a bit of a high from it I remember then at that point it's crazy I took my dog for a walk across the street straight after I was like need to go get some milk or whatever it was across the road and I think within the space of 20 meters three or four people looked at me and smiled like big smiles wow and I was like, why are they doing that? And then I looked at myself and I'd been walking down the street with this huge like <laughs> grin on my face, just like gliding through, you know, on my way to the shops. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I feel like I'm floating. Like I'm so happy right now. And I feel so at bliss. Mm. Um, and people were seeing that and that was, people were picking up that energy. You know? Amazing. Mm. Amazing. So, and then, and then after that, did, was there, cause sometimes after you get given, delivered those experiences, mm. you still have more difficult choices to make, you mm. know, where I'm going to choose not to react and I'm going to choose to respond here. Mm. 
did you find how did you find the ongoing nature like how mm. how did it unravel from there should I say yeah well I definitely think um that's not something that's just going to happen every day no. you know and it's <laughs> yeah it's it's a, it's a, it's it's tough to get there. You really have to put in the work and the commitment. Um, and it's an ongoing thing. You know, it's easy to fall out of that and fall out of your practices and get caught up in life and whatnot. So it's definitely been something that's been, um, up and down, of course. Um, I don't remember directly like at that time what happened and there's no doubt. I'm sure there would have been, you know, maybe other moments of upsetness, tears or whatever. But, um, I think, that was the, at least the moment that I realized you do, you know, have that power within and yeah, kind of, it was definitely a turning point, Mm. but ongoing, you know, in the years that follow, you know, I go through phases where I won't be practicing these kinds of things as much. And I definitely find I fall back into my older ways or find it a lot harder Mm. And I also definitely feel like as, as you, as you get on, you know, things, things do get harder. Life, life weighs you down. So it's, 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 you've got to, you've got to keep up, you know, the practice to be able to deal. And I definitely know in the past few years, there's definitely been many moments where I've just let it go. And those places then can get, you know, pretty dark pretty quickly or anxiety can come up and, and all those, you know, emotions that you go through dealing with, you know, the struggles of life. Mm. And, you know, when they're at their worst, sometimes I've been like, I don't even know how to get back to that point mm. of feeling that um, being able to deal with it like that. I don't even know how to detach from my thoughts right now because I feel so deep in it. Um and in those times, I mean, I obviously I keep reminding myself that it's there and everyone can do it. Um, but also a beautiful support network as well. Like my best friend is just phenomenal in being able to pick up those moments and just reminding you that you can and that also everyone kind of shares these same experiences. Um, but it's 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 one of those things I've definitely found I I, I go in and out of. Mm. Um, actually, I find it quite interesting. I was listening to your conversation with Ash Hart the other day mm. about the difference between ignorance and forgetfulness. Mm. And I was really playing on that. I was like, what is it? You know, these are practices I've been doing on and off since I was, you know, seven, if not younger. So how come, how come you can't always fall back onto them? And I think it's just the reality of, the world we live in is is really full on there is so much thrown at us there is so much information there's a lot of pressure within our society to live certain ways so it's just it's hard it's really hard Mm. and if you're immersed in that kind of world and you work in that kind of world and your friends are in that world and you don't always have the opportunity to you know go off to an ashram as I did or you know go do you know a little meditation retreat or whatever for me and I not for everyone but for me it can be hard to keep up those practices and and keep them up every day and and remind yourself Mm. of them but you know I think it just comes down to being one of those gradual gradual things you just you just keep doing you keep doing your best Mm. and you keep doing what you can um but but there's so many uncontrollable elements like you say isn't it that's what's Mm. frightens me sometimes yeah (laughs) like I went for a big spell of anxiety since November and Mm. then recently it's just like 
Uh, but admittedly, like I practiced meditation and gratefulness in my diary and like writing gratitude shit. Mm. And, um, and, and I've hit a point now where I've like, it's kind of the way is lifted and mm. I'm, I can afford to drink a coffee again without my nervous system mm. being shot. You know? Freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I, were you able to do those practices through the worst of your anxiety? Yes. I had to, I lent mm. on them, you mm. know, and, um, but now it's important. It seems to be important for me to not be meditating because, I feel like I'm more integrating those states of consciousness. I get to a meditation in just like put my feet on the ground and drink a fucking beer kind of vibe, mm. you know, like mm. just nor- be, be more, I guess, normal, yeah. <laughs> normcore. Normal, normal as they want us. <laughs> yeah, yes, they want good for- but, I, but I feel like I, I'm, I'm more able to bring myself innocently to the world and wherever it's at. Mm rather than thinking the world needs to change for my state of awareness. Like, mm. Because I th- I, that's what I think the whole spiritual growth is, is like you get more awake and aware of, what, of, of your own yourself mm. and also the elements when you look around, what people are like, what your environment's like. And like I say, it's, we're in an undated of distraction and frivolous feel-goods and just mm. quick fixes. And, mm. and it's, um, it's unevolved, really. Totally. But it's... But at the same time, it is what it is. And if I can bring myself to it almost lovingly and innocently where I'm transcendent of it, that's... But to do that, I kind of need to transcend those aspects of myself, I mm. guess, right? Mm. But, you know, that's why I feel like I'm at now a bit more like where I can... And this could this could last two days and then yeah, tomorrow I'll be in a ball crying. <laughs> I feel you, mate. I feel you. <laughs> Bam, take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just it's just the ride, isn't it? It's, mm. And it's also fascinating seeing how much is determinable by you and how much is determinable by the environment. Yeah. Like if I threw you a bunch of shit that triggered you right now, I don't know what it would be, but yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, how that could, how you could withstand that or. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It, That's where you, you have the humility of like, I'm well, not really in control. Isn't, isn't that the ultimate though? Like being able to literally witness everything. Yes. yes. And not react. As Eckhart would say, you know, the situation is as it is. Yes. And it's up to you to decide how you're going to react. Yeah. So is, is that not the, yeah, the ultimate way of, of kind of being, being able to go through life and have life throw everything at you? And like you're and playing just, a game. It's a bit more like you're playing this game of you, you yourself as Tess, like Tess is the character mm. and you're puppeteering it from behind your, like you're from the witness seat. Yeah. I'm going to choose to behave like this yeah. now. I'm going to choose to do that. I'm going to choose to drink a nice wine. Yeah. And I'm going to choose to meditate now. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's... It's it's a bit more like your remote control in your anatomy mm. rather than um, really being. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so. It's I mean that's essentially that's it. what enlightened states of being is. What Eckhart's saying. Isn't totally. It? Yeah. Totally. That witnessing. Yeah, and that and that's you know comes back to what I was, I was saying before. But it's one of those things that can be very difficult to, um, yeah, to attain consistently. You know. There was a very funny story. I saw Eckhart live once mm. and obviously he's quite good at it, but I think someone asked him, you know, do you, are you always like that or are you human as well kind of thing? And I can't remember exactly what he responded to that, but then he told us a very funny story of, you know, he was driving in his car and started getting this man behind him honking at him like, come on, hurry up, da-da-da. And he's thinking, what is this? What is the rush? What is the hurry, you know? 
And this guy drives past and, you know, pulls out by his window and just sticks his finger up. And Eckhart. bump. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How'd you know? Were you there? <laughs> flips the bird. Flips the bird. And uh, Eckhart just smiled. And the guy got so angry, so aggravated. I couldn't deal with it. But Eckhart was like, I'm just putting that energy back onto you, you know, just... I'm not taking on your energy. I'm not reacting to that. I'm just, I'm happy doing what I'm doing, you know? But, and he didn't have a, a point later in the day where it like, cause you, you absorb energy, you absorb frequency, <laughs> you know, like it's. Yeah, you're right. You do. But, you totally but, absorb but, it. But, 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 but then I suppose it says a lot about his ability to um, let it wash yeah. off his back. I suppose like when you cultivate your field of consciousness, like it's, duck feathers the mm. water just flies off the duck's back mm. so maybe his state is so is like that probably yeah, you wonder don't you yeah. i mean maybe i mean it but, must be really because if mm. he's cultivating his nervous system to be capable mm. of that true so frequently it's, pro- and it's a- so frequently he's dedicated yeah. his life to it probably yeah good point i do like what you said though about it is it is almost a natural human nature to respond to energy because we all are just a form of energy you Mm. walk into a room where people have been fighting you pick up on that you know Mm. you can feel that energy Mm. so yeah it is also natural as well to react to but it's it's like the i'd say that in the vedic philosophy it's like the difference between karma and kriya so the Mm. karma is just like reactionary energy like throwing something at you throwing something at me and like just bouncing and reacting Mm. and we know that just that's just a endless chaotic mess really in a relationship as well specifically if you start fighting back or being defensive it's just like it's just back and forth mm. but when what they say kriya is it's like this vital life force energy that comes through you and mm. out so it's like mm. this well within inside of yourself that is like consciousness in flow or soma mm. and it's just it's pouring through you mm. um and that kind of that is like it trumps karma yeah like it burns through it yeah um, and I know for myself, like, and I'm sure you do too, is like when you're experiencing those states of being, mm. like, it's like even w- when you, when you, when you spoke to your boyfriend, that uh, ex-boyfriend that time, six months after, and that you, like, you weren't, you were invisible to the karma. Yeah. Weren't you? In that witnessing position. Breeding that own, yeah. you know, other energy for myself. Yeah. Cause cre- like that kind of create energy was like flowing through yeah, you. Yeah. 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 And, um, and cause it, and it enabled you to not karmically react mm. and just perpetuate a cycle of mm. cause and effect and so you think that's linked to the going back to you know speaking about reacting to yeah okay the so environment our, yeah, and yeah, society, yeah. yeah 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 i think so yeah mm. good tie back making it relevant yeah <laughs> sorry just getting my head around everything <laughs> yeah. you know it's yeah, still yeah. early <laughs> Are you getting cold? Because the heating's gone off in here. No. Yeah, I'm Let actually kind of happy because I was layered up and I don't want to take my jumper off because my top underneath is ugly. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. It's like a pyjama. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Well, let me know if you are because um, our heating's no, dead. No, it's perfect. Except we have no lights today. Lighting, we don't. don't we? <laughs> We've got the natural lighting, which is beautiful. Um, Cut off. <laughs> so, so, we, so with conversations like why... Like, what, what is it that makes you feel on a deeper level? Because I'm fascinated. I love, like, conversation, mm. obviously, and so mm. do you. But I'm interested in myself, why I do, but also interested in why you do. 
You're trying to find the answer through me. <laughs> yes, yes. I hope you could be a mirror of, this, of my split consciousness and tell me. All right, here we go. Ready for it now? Um, like, I know we ta- talked about it a bit, but it's a, mm. I suppose it's just like trying to unpack it a bit more. Mm, like, mm. why do we like this? It's, it's this thirst for understanding the nature of things or it's thirst yeah. for exploring deeper layers of what life is. I, yeah, I just think there's so much we don't know there is so much unknown there is so much about ourselves mainly I mean what is it we use 10% of our brain or something you know I think there's just so much that's untapped and I'm just fascinated by by what we are capable of and Mm. and what we can do you know I think we're I mean we're so advanced in so many ways yet there's still so much we could go and I think we're very advanced in the more material world Mm. um but then when it comes to our own inner space and awareness of our own consciousness we're generally as a whole pretty um ignorant to a lot of it Mm. um I I just think it's like for me personally it's just always been something it's just a deep-seated interest it's like a thirst Mm -hmm. I just want to know and Mm -hmm. I want to understand um you know, for, for me, like one thing would be maybe say intuition. Mm. Um, I think if we had, if we were taught from a young age to listen to our intuition instead of kind of suppress it as we get older, I think we would all potentially have the power to do more things like A, be more in tune with each other and not necessarily read minds, but almost to a degree. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like be able to read that energy between each other and... Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Mm. Because you know when you you do certain practices that do follow um, and and listen to intuition, you do become more in tune with it. It it is a voice that speaks to you and when you really listen to it, you start to hear it more and more. 100%. Yeah. It's like this, it's almost like this field of more supreme intelligence between you and me and this mm. other person and, and like the, the invisible realms in between. Yeah. So you can, you can almost like perceive that in yourself and you can perceive it in another. And it's, it's, exactly. it is a subtle thing, but mm. it's, but it, I think it's, su- it's subtle, but we could definitely heighten, heighten it a lot more right. than we think we could, which I think comes down to potentially certain healers or psychics. I think they've probably, you know, tapped into more of that, that voice. And I'm, I'm a big, I'm I'm very conscious of the energy that we all have between us and this kind of, you know, life energy, which I guess is a, you know, consciousness in its own way. Um, But what, what kind of powers that life energy holds? Like what else can we access in that, in that life energy? What else can being in tune with that? What can we learn from that? Mm. And how can we be more connected with Mm. each other by, by learning about yeah what that energy does i love that i mean that's mm. what i feel like that like love is so much more capable of or intelligent and powerful than we're allowing it to be mm. in our society like mm. if we it's that's what i hear when you say say that mm. it's like this um it's more this this energy or intelligence that know, knows how to orchestrate us collectively mm. like if we tune into that better we could all be operating much better and more efficiently yeah. 
and beautifully and be having much greater enhanced experiences of reality because mm. when we're walking down the street we genuinely love our, everyone that we come across yeah. because holy fuck we're existing together at this totally. point in time on a rock in space hey man <laughs> good to see you here at this time date century <laughs> we ended up here at the same time same point in time that's crazy it's amazing mm. yeah it's amazing even mm. this like you think like this is it's almost bizarre mm. that I'm looking at your human anatomy and you're looking at my human anatomy mm. and that's and it's it's within it we're only perceiving it through a narrow spectrum of our senses as well like like i know when i've experienced mushrooms or dimethyltryptamine like mm. my, i if i'd be looking at you right now i'd be seeing all these other kind of experiences and yeah. and apparently that's when i was a burning man this year this um oh, prof- this professor told me that all dmt is doing is unlocking more capability of your brain so that 10 percent goes up to whatever else so you, you can your my sensories are being able to perceive more dimensions of reality mm. that are actually there right now but i'm just not able to perceive them yes and i've always thought that with kind of psychedelics like you know what you're seeing it, it feels like it's more real in a sense because you can see those mm. more energies or those frequencies that radiate off a body off a person off mm. an object it's like Colors, they're, yeah. yeah living organisms they're yeah brighter they're it 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 makes you know in a sense to me it makes more sense yes it's like what our senses currently see is just the, in a way, more of the like two-dimensional version yeah, of it. Yeah. And then stepping into that realm is seeing it on that deep level that... 4K is, HD. Totally. 3D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 VR goggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, it, it's amazing what that, that space unlocks and... And then where it takes your mind as well, mm. you know, every, everything becomes heightened. I mean, you, you know, your thoughts become more heightened on, on psychedelics. So it's like you're becoming more aware of everything around you. So then surely the things that you're seeing are just the more heightened version, as you were saying. Yeah, I, I feel like they are. Like there's the mm. argument that you just, <laughs> but that you just imagine in whatever, mm. but like what came first, it's like the chemical release in your brain or your like you I don't, I don't even know like i don't know yeah. i think it's all one of the same it's like the science and spirituality They're, it's the same thing mm. like the quantum field is like it sounds pretty s- similar to what a, a lot of spiritual experiences are like mm. in terms of un- explaining it somewhat mm. um so much as the miraculous nature of it mm. uh and the unified field of it mm. but but still like you say there's so much we don't know it's all we mm. all we're saying for sure, is that you, you've had an experience, I've had an experience, and we're both saying it feels a bit more, like, real. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Does that mean we're crazy? No, no, but it checks out of a lot of what people say. And, it, and yeah. it, that, that's, mm. that, to me, is better information, mm. people's intuitive senses about it, yeah. than putting a fucking study behind it. Totally. And I think also the thing with those kinds of drugs is people normally have a similar kind of experience, in a way. So, obviously, yes. they'll be experiencing different things but um their perception of it is the same whereas you know if you were to have i think you know say a a more of a party recreational hard drug Mm. that plays out in in many different ways and everyone's it's it's totally different you know it Mm. it breeds so much other shit along with it yeah yeah um it's far less divine that's for sure yeah totally um Whereas this, everyone kind of like it, it unlocks the same experience for everyone of your senses and of mm. the way your brain mm. 
thinks. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Which it's almost like it gives you a, um, a, I think my friend Stav said this, it gives you a, a subjective, you subjectively observe an objective reality. So mm. Mm. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think when it's done properly, it can be very profound. Mm-hmm. There's definitely, it, it also can be abused. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be abused or there's ways not to do it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's ways where it can be abused um, or just used in more of a party sense, which is where maybe it gets a bit of a bad rep, but I think... Mm. Uh, if it's used in the right kind of space, it can be so incredibly powerful and, and transformative. Yeah, because I suppose that what it's doing is taking you to a point of trauma. Like if if you think the thing that transforms us is often trauma or like a mm. like that's what I'm interested in with you. And you say these waves you go through. Like what, what, when the one the dark waves come, or mm. you know, what do they look like, and are they triggered by a particular thing or? Yeah, I'm definitely triggered by my environment. I think when things are, you know, when when something really rough happens with work or family, whatever it is, um, it's just there's just those very testing times, and um, yeah, I guess I've been brought into those places before. Where I've just, I, I mean, I feel like I'm a, a relatively optimistic person, and I've always, I'm definitely a big believer in mindset. So I'd always try and pull myself out of it by being positive or by trying to say something I'm grateful for. And But then I think it gets to a point where after I've, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for so long and I still feel very consistently anxious or down. It's like a deep-seated thing. And I sometimes potentially my optimism might be me trying to hide from it. Mm. being like no you're okay you've got this you you can meditate or you can you can go out and and do your day and be you and and you'll be fine but it's like if I really check in um it's that's you know the dark place is there and the sadness is there um or the anxiety is there um that's it's definitely you know arisen oh arose arisen arisen arisen. (laughs) um at points you know, within the past few years going through some tough times and yeah, I, I, I don't know why it is that I feel this kind of up and down battle sometimes with trying to maintain my practices, mm. um, during that space when they are so vital. Mm. I think it's just when it's, when something's so repetitively pushing at you, you know, the, the darkness, it's, it can be just hard sometimes you know um for me I really like my space and I think as much as I try and maybe and run away in those times and hang out with friends and that's probably the worst you can do and I think the moments that are the most transformative are when I kind of do just switch off from the world for a bit Mm. um I mean even with my job it's a very um my life is very out there Mm. constantly you're exposed. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. So even when I am in those dark points um, or have been trying to maintain that, you know, happy, positive, you know, kind of persona when really I just need to be in my room locked away for a week. Mm, and listening to your body for a week. 
Yeah. It's pretty intense. Oh, <laughs> but whatever. no, 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 I had to judge. Yeah. Approximately. <laughs> Let's not get into specifics here, mate. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to be locked away in a dungeon for yeah. about six years. <laughs> yeah. To just, just, just to love it. Not eating, singing, and corner crying, you know. It's, it's fine. It's totally transformative. <laughs> no, I totally know what it feels like. I, I, yeah. I've wanted to be in my room for a week as well. Like, it's not a long, it's not a long enough time. <laughs> so I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, and I think it's like, it, it is it is hard to sometimes allow, accept whatever negative, dark, shadow version of yourself is coming at you or going through you and go all right i'm going to be with this and i'm going to sit in this because it's and and i also know what it's like as well i can relate to that feeling of like or i can i can meditate through this or like it's almost you have a bit of a rigid attachment to your spiritual practices in order to think that they're life jacket in these hard times but what might be what i found is more an effective way to process them and I'm no, by no means expert at this because I don't do it all the time. But what I've sensed those times that I have is when I just sit with it and allow and move into the darkness. Mm. And that, that requires going into your room. That's what your body's probably telling you to do. Yeah. Clearly, because that's what you said you want to do. Yeah. Like it's, and that's the best way to get through anything. You have to face it. You can't hide from it. But I think I'd, in the more recent years, I'd put pressure on myself because when I was a you know, quite immersed in the practices. And, you know, years ago I was, I felt like I was better at being able to cope with things. So mm. then as it, you know, situations happened in my life where I felt it was harder to cope with them, I'd then put that pressure on myself that, but no, you've done it before. You can do that. Mm. And you can, you know, fall back on your practices to, mm. and you're right. It becomes that rigid, like you can fix this because mm. of the formula you've done before. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not, it's not how it is. Yeah. Every experience is so different. And yeah, when the darkness does get to that point where it is hard, yeah, sit with it and get deep, deep into it and listen to what your body is saying and telling you. So good. And if you don't, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, I mean, it's funny, you know, you can talk about all these things, but it's hard. Yeah, obviously I'm not someone who does it all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you don't listen to these voices and these feelings, I truly believe, like long term, they will manifest into some kind of disease or 100%. ailment, or you know, that's your body holding that energy where it then manifests into something. Bruce Lipton, do you know him? No. He's a, um, a researcher on epigenetics, doctor, and very, very interesting man. And he has done a lot of research into how your cells react to your environment. So when you are constantly, you know, telling yourself negative thoughts, um, he does the the physical studies of how your cells are actually responding and they do breed in that negative environment. So that energy does manifest and your cells then become mutated and form into other facets and, and, and manifest into oh, different things. It doesn't surprise me. Mm. Like it's it, even even on a more obvious like like we feel shit in our body when we're thinking negatively like in and i imagine you that the energy that could be going into your immune system or whatever like mm. if optimizing homeostasis kind of situations is just spent on i know it feels like it's just spent it's wasted on just, yeah. just bollocks sometimes and that's, totally, the, that's yeah. the disease of anxiety how fucked is anxiety oh. It's, it's, and it's, sometimes it comes on so intense and yeah. it's like, holy fuck, I didn't even ask you to come into my yeah. brain. And you Why are you here in. right now? Why I don't understand. Here? No. Yeah. It's almost like a demon. Yeah, that totally <laughs> latches on. Surprise, I'm back again, you know. 
Surprise. I'm back. That thing you did wrong today. Oh, you fucked that up. Yeah. It's going to be stuck with you for months now. Oh, man. It's a voice. Isn't it? And... But don't you feel lucky to have the awareness? <laughs> Great positive spin. Great. Yeah. Staying optimistic, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, no, but don't you feel lucky to have already some access into your practices to be at least aware of it? I think yeah. oh, so yeah. many people just don't don't fully understand it. And I think that's, um, you know, for example, antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills. That's why they're so heavily prescribed is because people just don't don't know how to deal with it and mm. don't want to look at the core reason that it's there. Mm. It's just like, oh, shit, yeah, he's popped up again. Better deal with it. Pop pill. Mm. Where mm. you're totally ignoring the fact that your body is deeply trying to tell you something. Exactly. Mm. And that's what Johan Hari talks about in The Lost Connections about specifically the problem with antidepressants and medication in general is that your mentality is that this is the solution. And so it's outside of yourself. It's a crutch and it's mm. not the... It's, and it's been explained in a way which is very like palatable in the, the serotonin concept, which mm. is by the looks of it completely false from all the studies that have occurred. What do you mean? What? The, the, the um, serotonin is no way linked to mood. Really? That's, that, that's what these. Wow. Um, and I don't, again, don't quote me. This yeah, is yeah, what, yeah, that's there's... from Lost Connections and Johan Ari d- yeah. did a bunch of research on. <clears throat> antidepressants and all the studies around it and wow. it appears that like they only used it as a convenient way to explain there's something wrong in your brain you got that serotonin mm. in, in so much as they say that the amount of serotonin that you put in for a pill doesn't actually alter your mood oh, right. so much mm. as because they say the placebo pills versus sorry sugar pill placebo pills mm. versus like a antidepressant has an equal effect on your psyche yes. in terms of your mood change yeah like yeah. And, and that's across studies of like hundreds of or in some cases over a thousand people yeah so, i totally would yeah totally would believe that. which is it speaks to that thing that you said before of this guy that you can change you can really heal yourself and change mm. your psyche just for your the power of your mind but fuck it's like the more trauma or the more like hiccups your brain gets over the years the harder that becomes right mm, to mm. um there's more layers to have to yeah, feed to, through okay. each yeah, motherfucker yeah every Shit. year that goes on just a bit more you know? that's why we envy those kids <laughs> totally. <that> fresh start <laughs> yeah no turn into one of those people that's like oh enjoy your childhood while you've got it it won't last forever <laughs> you have no idea how sweet it is yeah and everything no. just turns fucked <laughs> no, I, no to optimize spin that for a moment yeah, okay. I, Your turn. Yeah. I feel like it's i feel like it's it adds layers of richness in life like yeah. the, these these new That's challenges beautiful. and these new layers that we experience it's like mm. there's another layer we can relate to someone on mm. there's a there's um there's subtler richer dimensions mm. and for every obviously hardship there's obviously a, a a new silver line into that hardship totally of what of what allows you to be more empathetic allows you to connect it allows mm. you to appreciate life more because mm-hmm. as you get older you definitely do yeah. i feel like i go fuck I value this experience. Mm. Like I'm going to die and I'm just having this temporary experience. It's like, it's trippy. It's trippy as fuck. Like that I can move my hands in front of my face. What? (laughs) How did I not realize this sooner? How amazing this is. (laughs) You did it straight away. Just lost it. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's amazing. Did you take some DMT this morning, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've integrated those states of DMT like a wench. Love it. No. <laughs> but no, that's yeah. I'm sorry, I, I love what you were saying there. And another thing that comes with those layers is change. And change is just such a beautiful, powerful thing. And with every layer or phase in our life that we change, we keep the core learnings and, and beliefs from the mm. previous, you know, mm. facet of ourselves and take it on to a new, more experienced, wise version of ourself, you mm. know. Mm. And the true you, the essence, the authentic test is always, always remains as well. Mm. And that feels like, um, I mean, for me, like that's my anchor is like knowing who I am and what I'm about mm. or by just going intrinsically, I enjoy these things intrinsically. I like like playfulness or spontaneity and yeah. that's where I feel free and liberated and all these kind of characteristics that we have. Mm. Did you, what do you, what do you like align with like in terms of the elements of, of personality types? What do I align with? don't even know if that's a well-constructed sentence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate a little bit more. Like what, what, what do you, <laughs> that was super like airy fairy yeah. esoteric wasn't it <laughs> what my brain was thinking is like out of like the elements of fire earth um uh, what are they what are- <laughs> for fire earth w- space <laughs> air is it wind, is it like wind or air and water water yeah. yeah like what are the what what are those elements um for me i, w- I would definitely say i'm probably quite an earthy person mm. yeah I Mother love. Divine. Yeah, Mother Divine. <laughs> I was given a spiritual name when I was younger, Gordy, which is a Hindu name. <laughs> so it means just sounded like, like a, I was just thinking like Irish names, like Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Irish, so oh, <laughs> maybe it comes from great. there, which means white and pure. And I think was somehow related to the Mother Divine of Shiva, potentially. Mm. The Mother figure something to do with relationships anyway look into that um yeah and yeah so i think for me quite an earthy personality um very try to stay very grounded i love being connected to the earth i love being out in nature Mm. um i love and i'm quite like i'm not you know i'm not very like Reactive, Like I don't have a lot of that fire energy in me. I've got that passion energy, but mm-hmm. not that, um, not much of that fierceness. I've actually tried to develop more of that as I've mm. gotten older. Cause I think it's very powerful in itself. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the dirt. I love being in a bush door. <laughs> Does that count? Is that earthy? <laughs> A relation to spiritual development. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Dancing in the bush, like what the fuck? That's oh. the most. That's barefoot, earthing yourself. No time. No mm. place to be. No phone. Yeah. No just clock. Moving to the music. Yeah. You just follow what you want to do at that time. It's so extremely liberating. Mm. I'm a, I've never heard someone speak so spiritually about a bush tour. Oh my god, I know. I've got a bit of an issue, I think. <laughs> but then they're, they're not. Yeah, then they obviously don't all embody that kind of <laughs> feeling. Yeah, but there totally. are some that do. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, my favourites are more the the ones that encompass more of that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Factor, yeah. which yeah. I think we we could you know learn a lot from that in our own society. society. But I've totally detoured there. 
No, what, what element are you? <laughs> fantastic detour it is. <laughs> I'm space. Space is the one that resonates most. Yeah. Like environmentally, I'm always like about high ceilings and, and and I just feel like free when I've got space to move in. I feel mm. like I can create within space and I I feel light um, mm. within space. But like it's all it's all a dance as well. Like I need that. I can relate to one in that ground in that earth from yeah. like particularly when I have more anxious periods mm. so it's a, it's, a, it's a collaboration it's like that Ayurvedic stuff isn't it like it's the different elements that you're going to dance with yeah yeah <clears throat> depending on where you are and then there's the you know the Vata Pita that's um, right the other one Kapha 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 yeah yeah so what do your parents do um, for work or do they do do they do like spiritual stuff for work um not necessarily for work. I mean, my dad, you know, has his own business, which, you know, is more in the corporate sector, but mm. um, has always had a, a beautiful way of being in that space. So he's never really operated on the consensus of, you know, competition. Like he's never gone out there trying to smash out his competitors mm. um, and has always been very... Um, I guess gracious within the way he operates a business, yeah, which I think is quite admirable mm. in ways. Um, they've both, though, yeah, they've been able to wean in their their own, you know, personal journeys to their work. Um, so, I mean, so looking at my father, for example, he on the side has two huge hobbies himself which bring in that spiritual practice to his world and his story is honestly phenomenal I mean Mm. maybe one day you should get him on the podcast he Mm. amazes me every day to think that this man is my father and what he's capable of he's I mean I could go on for for a long time Mm. but the first thing was he discovered an ancient tomb in Jerusalem about 15 years ago, which is linked back to the time of Christ. What? Um, Yeah, and potentially the same kind of spot as where Christ was born when you do the kind of equation within Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And um, regardless of, you know, his belief, and he's not, you know, heavily Christian, um, but, you know, kind of believes in the story that there was a man, Jesus, who, you know, taught and his work with that has been to just try and preserve the land. So wanted to build a world friendship garden on the grounds just to keep that site there and safe and make it a spot for everyone to come and appreciate and, and a kind of holy space for whatever religion you are. Mm. And he actually was granted the land by the local council to build And the week that they were going to put up the fencing to kind of block off the site, a bulldozer came in and destroyed the tomb, which was very shocking and, yeah, very controversial and left my dad absolutely distraught, feeling as though someone had kind of caught on to what he was trying to do and someone not potentially that happy with it or happy with kind of preserving more of a Christian story. So that, you know, obviously put a massive um, spanner in the works and was quite hard. But then, you know, Dad kind of realised, you know, that at the end of the day as well is just the site. Uh, It was just the tomb. So 
still to be able to preserve the energy of that space by still going forward and building a friendship gun for everyone was still his ultimate goal. So that's, you know, it was pretty powerful to grow up with a story like that, you know, when I was, mm. you know, probably five or something when, mm. you know, it first all happened. And and even further, he's, you know, he's then got a whole nother project, which I won't go into too much, but, you know, delving into, again, the energy around us and looking at it from a bit more of a science eye. Awesome. He's very, yeah. So, you know, these are probably That's the reasons I, I think about these kinds of things, yeah. And then my mother, obviously, you know, she was the one who would, was practising in an ashram and she has done a lot of different spiritual um, teachings, practices, you know, research in her time, studied Chinese medicine. Um, so I've always grown up with these more holistic approaches to life Mm. so they've both delved into a lot of things and and I think that's for me personally the best way to kind of go about finding your own spiritual journey is to delve into as many practices as you can Mm. to find the aspects which resonate for you because you know most religions and teachings most not all follow someone else's experience and them them trying to explain to you how to have that same experience for yourself. Whereas that kind of, to me, defeats the whole purpose of um, your spiritual journey and enlightenment because it will be different for everybody. So for me, which is why I look at so many different teachings and religions to find each little aspect that I can incorporate into my life Mm. to make me the most wholesome, Mm. you know. Mm. Find the, the closest to the truth. I like that's yeah. a fantastic way to look at it, and you explain it really beautifully. It's very, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, oh, it's my philosophy as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Learning, and I think it's that's amazing what your dad did, and what, like yeah. what great stock you come from. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do count my lucky stars. They are pretty amazing in their own way. <laughs> that's so fun. And and have you got any siblings? <clears throat> Have you got any siblings? Trying to battle this flu that's going around Melbourne. (laughs) No, only child. Yeah, right. Yeah, just me and my dog. (laughs) Dog life. Yeah, dog life. What's the negatives of dog life? Because I'm about to get one and I want to understand. That's so exciting. (laughs) Um, The negatives is when you're busy, it's tough. I I hate leaving my dog on his own. Right. He really hates being on his own for too long. You know, a few hours at max. So, you know, it's kind of like having a child in a way. You've got to mm. organise your dog sitters and, mm. and whatnot. So it definitely adds a whole other layer of responsibility, which I guess in a way is good itself. Mm. But there's not many negatives, really. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> Just this, like, abundance ball of happiness that's oh, never, man. you know, never upset with you or, you know, just so loving. And, and they're so present. Yeah, you know? right. I was actually watching my dog yesterday sitting on the couch and he was just kept getting caught up by different things around the room. I was like, you're just going with every moment. Yeah. Like you're so present. Like, Ooh, yeah. there's a fly. Ooh, there's a ball. Yeah, this yeah. is a present, present, present. Like, present, present, present. Like a I gift to give. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I could learn from you. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah I like that. You know, that's, that was my intuition with getting one is that like, it would put me more in the moment. Yeah. Um, What's in your life at the moment that, like, your trajectory of your work or just personal journey that's exciting you the most, like, where you're moving towards that you kind of... I have to say, um, 
I mean, there's multiple things. I launched an app earlier in the year, which has just Mm. been the most exciting process Mm. um, ever. It's also extremely tough in a way you know going through a startup it's you've got to have this constant uh faith in yourself and this constant push you've just got to stay so strong and in times that I have felt you know that those darker days around it can be very hard that self-doubt creeps in Mm. um so it's quite quite a lesson in itself in many ways not just learning so much as I go but learning a lot about myself and Mm. uh, Mm. how to continue and but it's been pretty amazing. But the test talk stuff as well with that, it's so rewarding. It's the messages from people after walking out of there, knowing that you've actually made an impact on someone's day, week, month, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And they step out and they're like, thank you so much for speaking of that. It's totally connected to something I've gone through right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that was when I first started doing it, it was the first time I kind of felt like I was doing something more so of, service or for other people mm. and it was after the first ever event and walking out when a couple of people came up to me and told me how much they got out of it I was like wow that's so powerful like I've I've impacted your 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 current space your, life, your current work. reality yeah. yeah so cool it's just the most yeah beautiful rewarding feeling yeah it's and and that's that's why I definitely want to keep you know, pushing them and, and yeah. opening them up. It's funny that feeling, that <coughs> feeling they say of um, of happiness is the is the it's actually the feeling of contribution. Yeah, it's not actually the outcome of contribution. Yeah. So it's it's the feeling if you, if you know that you've because because that's self reliant and outcome is obviously not. But like you you see, and even if they didn't give you any feedback, but you you sensing or knowing that it is mm. you're contributing towards something that gives you but it's obviously lovely when people give feedback and that's what yeah, makes us a social gorgeous tribe of people yeah. let's just share our feelings more way yeah, totally of course <laughs> but I also felt a bit of like I mean back back in the day I always almost felt a bit of pressure because I mean not pressure but hearing from certain teachings that oh the happiest of people are the people of service how can you incorporate a bit of service into your life? And mm. I was like, fuck, I don't know. Like, you know, you can do little things and speak to people daily on the street, give them a smile, give them, you know, can do mm. little things. But I was like, what to me is service? Should I go and, you know, help out in a homeless shelter or something? But I never quite knew what would be the right thing for me to do and was kind of just like searching for it and then kind of let that go. Mm. And then this test talks thing fell into my lap and I was like, okay, so they're the moments. That was when something fell into my lap where I felt like I was doing something else to help people as mm, well, mm, mm. to help all of us really, to mm. generate that kind of discussion. It's mm. mm-hmm. awesome. Have you got another one lined up? Yeah, it's two, two in the works. They're a bit oh. delayed because mm. of my app, but, mm. but yeah, they're coming. And I definitely am going to try and explore one as well that's, Quite, I'm going to try and go quite out a bit, a bit more deeper into the spiritual realm for some. Cool. Yeah, which I think would be really fun. 
Like everyone Maybe has a tab chat. of acid before you start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Everyone smoke a bit of DMT before you walk in. <laughs> It'll create a pretty interesting experience. Very interesting. Yeah. So yeah. W- what, out of all your pursuits, like you're doing lots of different things, what's mm. the kind of, what, what are you most enthused by? Is it just trying something new like the app or is it? Yeah, I've always had a bit of that entrepreneurial mind in a way I've always been Mm. working on something different there's always something going on in the background Mm. I don't think you always really know Mm. um it's a bit of a journey and I definitely feel like I'm in a bit of a stepping stone phase at the moment it has been quite a interesting you know past a year or two for me just kind of finding my feet a bit and kind of you know wanting to leave Melbourne it also having things here to stay around for Mm. so yeah it's I I definitely think I'm in a little bit of a limbo phase to be honest Mm. I mean I have these things which I'm loving working on but it's I'm kind of thinking at the moment a lot about how much do you connect yourself to in a certain place mm. and then how much do you let yourself just kind of nomad off for a bit. Yeah. And then, yeah. When was the last time you did a bit of nomad and travel? Like a significant amount? Not for quite a few years. Mm. A significant amount of nomad and travel, probably not for like four or five years, I would mm. say now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's all been work-related or... And what what charms you about doing that right now? I think this is me searching or always searching for more. What else is out there? You know, I, I get I get fearful of missing things. Mm. It's like I've got permanent FOMO, but a FOMO of life. Like, <laughs> don't want life to run away too quickly. You know, got to got to do it all. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it's yeah. I've, yeah I'm got that urge within me to go and search what else is out there what else can you find what else is going to grow you and open up more deeper experiences Mm. and then there's that fear of are you going to choose the right spot the right path and that's just I mean that's very when I reflect I find that meaningless because I think life is going to guide you in the right way wherever but I think when you have things holding you down in one place, it's easier to be like, oh, no, not ready for that or yeah, can't do that or yeah. is that right, you know, mm. that attachment to your normality, I guess. Mm. Uh, mm. Um, but, yeah, just that just that continual search for what else is what else is there to, to experience. I just want to get the most out of life, you know. I would say this in test talks, you know, we've got – one life so you really want to maximize maximize it make it the best you can like why not why else would you not like, what's, the, what's the point of living totally. Totally. <laughs> you know? see it all become the best version of yourself do the best you can treat others the best way you can to kind of find that yeah wholesome enlightened you know way of living mm. It's progression. It's the fuel, isn't it? It's the challenging part, I find, is maintaining consistent fuel for that. Sometimes it comes in waves. You're like, fuck, I want to conquer the world. And sometimes you're just like a bit exhausted. Totally. And sometimes when you work for yourself as well, like you 
you'd find that you burn out because oh. you just go so hard on a thing and because you're the only one driving it. Yeah. And then and then you realize, holy fuck, this isn't sustainable. We've got a dollar back. Yeah. And then you come to places where I'm like more now of just like contentedness of like I've arrived, I've arrived, I've arrived. Really? I've arrived, I've arrived. Like, Do you feel like you hit a point where you started more? I think I just, like I just chased for a long time. Yeah. I think I was in the pursuit of otherness for a long time thinking that my gratification or my contentedness would come from acquiring Mm. more experiences or things or Mm. um something from some like someone you love and now i've realized that and again this is still very much a slow integration but just like the benefit of just i've arrived this is the moment Mm. this is the moment and and then and then just bringing myself more innocently to the world and what wants to happen rather than what i think I know it's a dance, obviously, like because I've got the same yeah. like motivative spirit that you do, or that ambition, yeah. um, and and I definitely still, I'm just toiling of that notion at the moment a little bit, you know, like from I love that, yeah, toiling of the notion of just of um, like not needing to be anywhere. I yeah. think I think well, almost as you are enough to fill that otherness that you're looking for. Yeah. Yes. And then the otherness can come as an extra experience when it Bonus. does. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the, the hardest form of that otherness for me is like a sense of like being loved by someone mm. or, you know, like with your family or with like your partner or whoever, like that, that experience of feeling embraced for who you are. Mm. That's, well, that's where I think we're, we're all like we get hung up the most on yeah. or it's the biggest challenge is to, is to in those times where you feel like you need that or you want that to remember that I'm the only one that determines my sense of worthiness. Mm. I'm the only one that determines it and then bringing yourself to whatever situation like that. Um, that's so you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Mm, mm. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I think, I, I mean, mean, it listen- can be hard. Yeah, and listening to you say that, I, I, I totally see that as the, you know, that's how it should be in a way. I feel like I'm how you were when you were searching for that otherness. I feel like mm. I'm in that phase mm. of what's out there, mm. you know, mm. presented to me. And I think, like, the space that you're in is, it, it's so beautiful because you almost... I mean, you found that space within you and that contentment mm. and then you just allow for life to present what it needs to present to you when it's right mm. as opposed to necessarily searching, searching, searching. Yeah, and, or grabbing or getting. Yeah. I think it's the, the humility that anything that's great that's come in my life has never been by my own fetching i mean it had like it has been by my hustle you know like working Mm. with some people that i really wanted to work with yeah Uh, russell brand i spent like a year trying to work with him and and you totally remind me of russell brand i've always seen you as the mini russell brand (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad i'm the mini one (laughs) (laughs) Um, um but i and, and, and when that happened, that you know, that felt like a gift, but still I had put in a lot of work with yeah. aiming to make it happen. Yeah, but, so it's a, it really is a combination of the two, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think, I think with that, it's like, <clears throat> it's like planting those seeds to make these opportunities manifest, but it's not necessarily about... The attachment yeah. to outcome. 
Yeah. Like preference held loosely kind of. Exactly. Exactly. So have your goals and your ambitions, but let life move you in the direction it wants to move you instead of being so fixated on that, you know, potential outcome or goal that it, it kind of, it, it, holds you in that one space and that one focus and doesn't allow for that movement and that flow. I think that's where the issues occur and that's yeah. where that's where you begin to battle life. Spot on. Yeah. yeah. And you actually resist the outcome, a, a good mm, outcome. The right for, outcome. The right outcome, exactly. The, the one that the universe wants to deliver you. Because you're kind of yeah. in co-creation with the, everything outside of yourself. Yeah. So it's like the, the main thing I've realized is that it's, it's the intention I can I can control, but I can't control the time and all the form in which it comes. Mm. So, for example, like I want to work, I want to make people. I enjoy making people feel good through watching a thing. I didn't know I'd end up in comedy. I thought I'd be in music. Mm. Um, mm. Like I, all these kind of like you know, I, it's it's funny. You don't really determine those things. You kind of just allow them to go. Oh, life wants to give me that. Then yeah. does it. And oh, that, you, that's a nice thing. Yeah, okay, well, then that'll yeah. do. We'll take that. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you have to, and and it's you know if you if you have this really strict vision of having to be in a certain place and you don't get there, it's like it's almost just like that, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket kind of kind of thing. There's if you don't allow to accept the movement of life, then that's going to create a lot of. Um, disruption within your own well-being because mm. there's 100%. no way you can predict the outcome of 100%. anything yeah so you have to be able to just detach and flow and move but have your have your goal and and then go it's about, such an art fuck it's an isn't art it? isn't it yeah like as you describe that i'm like holy shit that's a real craft to be good at that mm. it takes so long it takes practice yeah i think it comes down to I mean, I always say this thing about planting the seeds. So chip away at what you can, but go about everything with the best intention that you can. So if you go into everything in your life with the best intention, regardless of what happens, that path or that space will give back to you the intention that you've put in. Mm. So it's like, you know, kind of like if you... You know, when you meet people, always, you know, always treat people with the same um, respect, graciousness and interest. And, you know, people have always said to me, oh, you're such a great networker. But it's like, but I just, I just, I'm just interested in people and I just listen mm. to people and mm. I'm there with people. And mm. I've seen, uh, for me, like, I, that's why I feel like I, the things that I've done and created have come with ease in the sense people are willing to help me willing to give me advice and it just comes back to I think of going into from everything I do going in with that right intention people Mm. reading that and then giving that back Mm -hmm. beautiful Mm. powerful it's like it's it's like you're effortlessly doing that yeah and yeah it's not a manipulation it's not a go in meeting somebody like they do this i could get this out of them you know down the track or whatever it's just a pure interest in that yeah Yeah. enjoyment in life and them and and that's how it plays out because people are like i mean it's it's like I love it because it's, people are so fascinating. You could there's mm. so many things about any given. If you've fucking survived more than 15 years, you've gone through a bit. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you've got a story. <laughs> you've got a story, and yeah. and you've got a lot of experiences that I don't know about. Mm. And 
it's fascinating understanding different people's experiences because you do draw parallels mm. and it and it's nice being able to sink down into like common truths of like just mm. fear or love for example and totally it's nice sharing those experiences that we can all relate we mm. generally all had that same kind of experience with one of those feelings or emotions or something so even if you come from polar opposite worlds or experiences you will generally you will have something to mm. relate mm. to with anyone if you give them that moment and that mm. space mm. and no prejudgment and and just pure like we're all the same really we all come from the same thing so treat each other the same you know mm. so we that, need yeah all that same space of being, mm. experiencing, dealing with life. <laughs> Beautiful, Tess. Well, mm. you are a glowing light. You, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so sweet. You too, you're a glowing sunflower today. You guys probably can't see his t-shirt. <laughs> <a> t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all your sharing and being so honest and frank and, um, yeah, and being you. vulnerable. Thank you for having me. It was beautiful. Love these kinds of discussions. Gotta right. keep them up. <laughs> well, where can people check you out? Um, my website, right. tessshanahan.com. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Yeah, Instagram. You can do Instagram too. It's just Tess Shanahan on Instagram. It's three S's in the middle. A lot of people get that wrong. There's three S's, two S's for the Tess and one S for Shanahan. But there you go. That's clarified now. <laughs> There's no Tess Shanahan going on here. <laughs> Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you.